Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we're taking in a big breath, closing our eyes, and remaining still as we tap into the power of peace that resides within us. What an amazing time out, and one that you can enlist anywhere at any time. Chaos can be all-encompassing, and before you know it, you're swirling around with your thoughts pulled into a million different directions. You feel out of control and overwhelmed. Sorry for the radical change after such a lovely time out, but I'm curious, how do you handle those shifts throughout the day? Are you rational, weighing out all your options with a smooth transition into problem-solving mode? Or do you shut down, riding the swells only to be pulled under by the current? Sometimes it takes too much energy and focus to fight it. No matter how you react during stressful situations, the good news is you have the power to control your reactions and usher in peace an achievable state of mind that has everything to do with how you feel inside instead of what's happening around you. In case you didn't hear me, you have power. And we're going to tap into some of that right now. First, you have to have an awareness of where you are, what you want, and what you need. If you react without thought or understanding, then it will be difficult to make any changes. Before we get too deep, it might be worthwhile to answer these questions. Do I want more peace in my life? How much value do I place on peace? Am I willing to avoid chaos to protect my peace? Over at StandInBalance.com, I found eight tricks to tap into your inner peace. The Dalai Lama said we can never obtain peace in the outer world until we make peace within ourselves. As the year comes to a close and the winter weather settles in, our natural instinct encourages us to wind down, take it slow, and turn inward to a peaceful state of rest and rejuvenation. However, our modern-day practices usually don't match these instinctional inclinations, And many of us find ourselves even busier at this time of the year than ever before. During this time of year, taking a restful pause is usually the last thing on our list of objectives. And finding peace, internal or external, during all the buzz can seem near to impossible. But if you find some peace during this season, your body, mind, and soul will thank you. Not to mention your loved ones, who may find you even more loving if you're able to connect with and bring that piece of yours to the interactions. So with this in mind, here's a mini roadmap to finding peace during not-so-peaceful times. The number one thing to remember is that peace lies within you. No matter what's going on on the outside, it's always available to you. You need only learn how to unlock and connect with it. And although peaceful outside circumstances can help you tap into your own sense of peace, 
If you're looking to bring peace to a conflict or situation, you won't be able to do so until you first find it within yourself. So here are some tips to help you connect with peace. Number one, quiet your mind. When searching for peace, we often look to quiet the external first, which can definitely help. Turn off your phone, the TV, the radio. Shut off and out the excess external noise in order to be able to connect with and hear what's going on inside. However, once you've found that quiet outside, you may notice that there's even more going on inside. Taking time to quiet our own mind is a powerful key to unlocking inner peace. Once the mind is quiet, it matters much less what sort of noise is happening outside. Meditation is an excellent way to learn how to let go of noisy thought patterns and find some quiet. Journaling is another great way to unload extra thoughts. Once you put them down on paper, you can let go of them in your mind. Doing activities which bring you calm, like taking a bath, getting a massage, a walk in nature, listening to music, or cuddling with a loved one, can also help quiet anxious thoughts. Whatever activity you enjoy that puts you into a serene state of mind and brings you into the present moment can do the job. Carve out time during each day to check in with yourself and quiet your mind. From that quiet place within, peace will come. Number two, set your intention. Our minds are incredibly powerful. The thoughts that we think outline the way we perceive the world and the experiences we have. We all know the difference between a day when we woke up on the wrong side of the bed and a day when we start off feeling great. When we're up, it's hard for anything to bring us down and vice versa. If peace is what you're after, then make a conscious choice to select a setting for your mind that aligns with peace. This intention will serve as a guide for your thoughts throughout the day. Remembering to continually set your mind back to the intended state is the key. Writing it down, setting an alarm, or creating a ritual around this practice will help you have the most success. Some mindsets that help to bring you a peaceful state of mind are gratitude, joy, compassion, oneness, simplicity, clarity, love, and peace itself. authentic. A lot of our internal strife comes when we're trying to be something we're not. For whatever reason, we think we need to be different or feel differently than we do, or we don't honor our true feelings. This act of incongruence brings on major turmoil. How can we find peace if we're at war with ourselves? Be yourself and a weight will be lifted. Be true to yourself and you'll find it easier to accept others as well. No more fighting with yourself. Make peace. Number four, simplify. As humans, we often have a tendency to overdo it. 
We start collecting things, thoughts, goals, ideas, and in the process become overwhelmed. Who can blame us? We live in such an abundant society. It can become too much. In this day and age, the whole world is literally at our fingertips, but we aren't designed to hold it all in. Take a look around you and within you and simplify. What really matters to you? What are your priorities in life, in this moment? Focus on those things and let go of the rest. You're just one single human being. Allow yourself a break and dial things back as you simplify as much as possible. You may breathe easier and more peacefully once you've created some much-needed space. Number five, do nothing. This is a challenging one, but if you really want to find peace, try doing nothing. We weren't born onto this earth with any set of rules or a guidebook besides some of our primal instincts to stay alive, food, water, air, or sleep. Most of the things we do from day to day are because we, as individuals in a society, have created constructs and ideas about what we should be doing in order to be a certain way or have a certain thing. But when we break it down to our basic human nature, there's nothing extra that we really need to do to be here other than just be here. Practice this, just being being in the present moment, without a goal, without an objective, without a judgment about it, without an end game. Don't plan. Don't try to be better. Don't try to be anything. Just do nothing for five minutes. Do nothing and you will find yourself connected with peace. Number six, find balance. Peace lies within balance. You may notice that in tips one through five, there's been a blend of suggestions that require taking action, yang, and some that require releasing action, yin. Understanding opposing forces of yin and yang within ourselves and the actions that we can take can help us to recognize when we're out of balance and take steps to regain it. When we're out of balance, we feel stressed, agitated, and off kilter. Balance within ourselves, our actions, and our emotions create a wholeness in which we feel a sense of harmony, peace. Number seven, have faith. Anxious feelings that keep us from finding peace often arise when we feel overwhelmed by the unknown. We may feel powerless or like we must gain control of things, which we actually have no control over. This grab for unattainable power leads to much strife and certainly no peace. In the face of uncertainty, trust can bring you back to a more peaceful state. Trusting in a higher power, whether that's God or the universe, fate, science, logic, love, or the unknown itself. Whatever you might believe in, putting your faith into something can help you bring a greater sense of peace. When you feel that you have no power or control over a situation, you can find power in having hope. 
put your energy and thoughts into positive expectation, into envisioning the best possible outcome, and then letting it go to faith. Give yourself the peace in knowing that there are forces at work beyond your control. Number eight, surrender. The word surrender often gets a bad rap. People usually equate it with being defeated or giving up. But in matters of peace, the opposite is true. When we surrender, we gain peace. We let go of the fight because usually the fight isn't necessary. Surrendering in this context means letting go of any internal or external struggles that are not serving us. Let go of your expectations. Let go of perfection. These things keep us in a fight against ourselves, a fight that isn't worth it. Let go of your to-do list and your mad thoughts. Surrender your judgments and your stories about yourself and others. Surrender your grudges and forgive. Surrender your hardworking body and rest. Allow yourself a break. Allow quiet. Allow love. Allow peace. Let go of it all. Allow yourself to be open and surrender to this moment only. Here you will find peace. Each day is new and it starts and ends with you. I had a former employer say this to me when I was probably too young and inexperienced to hear it. Yeah, yeah, new day, up to me, gotcha. But when I finally got it, I received the power of that message. Each day, we have a chance to order our steps, direct our minds, and guard our hearts. Now, if you're like me, you're woken up most days with a jolt of the alarm clock. It always seems to come at the wrong time when you're sure there must be more hours left in the night. After a few snoozes and a crawl to the coffee pot, actually, I pop out of bed, but I'm trying to empathize with those who don't. Okay. Then what? How do you start your day? Your steps probably take you to the gym or the shower or both, but where does your mind go? And how about your heart? Are you consciously aware or are you leaving them open and vulnerable? Because let me tell you, everyone wants a piece of them and they will be vying for the number one spot in no time. So set your intention. As much as it's good to evaluate what you're letting in, it's also just as valuable to look at what you should be giving up to achieve true balance. Amy Morin provides 10 things mentally strong people give up to gain inner peace. Letting go of certain things can open the door to true contentment in life and yes, Maybe even inner peace. This is found at Inc.com. Mental strength and inner peace go hand in hand. Mentally strong people are confident that they can handle whatever life throws their way. That's not to say they don't feel pain or that they don't get sad. They experience their emotions on a deep level, but they don't waste energy wishing things were different or trying to change other people. They stay focused on managing their own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. They also make self-improvement a priority because they know there's always room for improvement. 
and they give up these 10 things that could destroy their inner peace. Are you ready? Number one, engaging with toxic people. The people you surround yourself with affect the way that you think, feel, and behave. Engaging with people who lie, gossip, bully, or cheat takes a toll on your well-being. Mentally strong people don't waste their energy trying to change toxic people. They establish healthy emotional and physical boundaries. Number two, excessive self-blame. Thinking everything is 100% your fault, whether it's a failed relationship or an accident, will affect the way you see yourself and the world around you. You can't always prevent bad things from happening. Mentally strong people take appropriate accountability. They recognize they're responsible for their choices, but they also acknowledge factors beyond their control, like the state of the economy, the weather, or other people's choices. Number three, chasing happiness. Thinking you need to be happy all the time will backfire. Momentary pleasure is much different than long-term satisfaction. Mentally strong people are willing to put in the hard work it takes to gain contentment. They refuse to give in to instant gratification or temporary indulgences. They look for ways to build a brighter future by creating long-term goals. Number four, they avoid staying comfortable. It may seem like staying inside your comfort zone is the key to feeling good in life, but avoiding discomfort always backfires in the end. Mentally strong people face their fears, venture into unknown areas, and test their limits. They know that being uncomfortable is tolerable, and allowing themselves to experience discomfort is the key to living a better life. Number five, the victim mentality. Thinking the world and the people in it are out to get you will prevent you from being your best. In fact, if you blame all your problems on external circumstances, you'll never take responsibility for your life. Mentally strong people acknowledge their choices, even in the face of tragic circumstances. They focus on the things they can control, and they refuse to waste their time hosting pity parties. Number six, trying to impress people. You could waste a lot of your life trying to make people like you. Depending on admiration from others, however, gives others power over you. Mentally strong people are comfortable in their own skin. They don't waste their time worrying about whether other people approve of their choices. Instead, they focus on living according to their values. Number seven, the pursuit of perfection. Striving for excellence is healthy, but insisting on perfection is an uphill battle. You'll never feel good enough if you set the bar impossibly high. Mentally strong people accept that they're going to fail and make mistakes. They're able to acknowledge their flaws and weaknesses. Number eight, grudges. You may think holding on to a grudge somehow punishes someone else. But in reality, clinging to anger and hatred only reduces your life. 
Mentally strong people let go of grudges so they can focus their energy on more worthwhile causes. That doesn't mean they allow themselves to be abused by people. It just means that they don't allow pent-up resentment to overtake their lives. Number nine, the quest for material things. No matter how much money you make, a bigger house, a nicer car, and more expensive clothing won't give you peace of mind. Expecting material possessions to satisfy your needs will leave you sorely disappointed. Mentally strong people aren't necessarily minimalists. They can enjoy nice things, but they don't expect their material possessions to give them joy and contentment. Number 10. Complete self-reliance. Thinking you can do everything on your own is about acting tough, not being strong. There will be times when asking for help is important. Mentally strong people aren't afraid to admit when they need help. Whether they rely on a higher power, ask for professional help, or lean on a friend during a time of need, they gain strength from others. Knowing they don't have to have it all gives them the renewed sense of inner peace. Check and check, right? I hope you're seeing how important it is to get a regular checkup. Just as your insurance understands the importance of preventative health measures, you should be taking ownership of the mental pit stops along your journey. It's so, so easy to adopt a way of thinking and a new habit, and left unchecked, they can infect other areas of your life. So how do you do this? Well, you're doing it now. Listening to ideas and opinions, food for thought, questions you should ask yourself, and answers you should search for. So keep up the good work. Never stop searching to understand yourself better and the power you possess. Karen Young reminds us that what you focus on is what becomes powerful. Why your thoughts and feelings matter, found at HeySigmund.com. What you focus on is what becomes powerful. The message is real and comes fortified with some serious science. It's called experience-dependent neuroplasticity. The research around it has caught fire and the findings are powerful. The implications for all of us are profound. At the heart of the research is the finding that experience changes the brain. Just think about that for a minute. You have an incredible capacity to change your brain through your experiences. Up until the last decade or so, it was thought that the brain stayed fairly much the same and wasn't open to influence or change. We know now that just isn't true. Each of us has a brain that is designed to be malleable and plastic and open to our influence. It's constantly shaping itself to be the best one it can be for us. Our experiences are the fuel for this shaping, and everything we see, feel, experience, sense, and do is slowly but surely changing the architecture of our brains, sending gentle instructions on how they can build to best support us. Between the walls of our skulls, billions of neurons or brain cells work together to shape us into the humans we are. 
Different neurons are responsible for different parts of our experience, whether it's eating, feeling, sleeping, sensing threat, firing up, falling in love, spelling, laughing, remembering, learning, nurturing. You get the idea. Being human is complicated and our brains drive it all. It's no wonder we're still discovering their secrets. Every time you have an experience, the relevant neurons switch on and start firing. As this happens, neural connections get stronger and new synapses start growing. As you listen, sparks are flying in your head. About 100 billion neurons are waiting and ready to act, but not all of them will be recruited. The ones that are will depend on the experiences you're having. The neurons that are connected to your immediate experience, what you're feeling, thinking, seeing, sensing, doing, will fire and new connections will start to form within minutes. The more connected the neurons, the stronger the area of the brain, and the more responsive and effective it will be. The neurons that aren't as needed will eventually wither away. This withering away is normal and healthy and is one way the brain grows into its most efficient self. You can't grow the edges of your head, so your brain occupies some precious real estate. The space is reserved for the neurons that you need the most the ones that will best support you given the life you're living. Every time we have an experience, the corresponding neurons are activated. Every time they're activated, they're elevated a little in order of importance. Repeating or prolonging an experience will keep the connections between neurons strong and ensure that they stay. This is why, for example, we can recite the alphabet without thinking. It's not because we were born baby geniuses with a cute alphabet jingle imprinted into our brains. It's because throughout our childhood, we sing the alphabet song and have sung it so many times that the relevant neurons are repeatedly activated enough to eventually form rock-solid connections. Experience doesn't just affect change by creating new connections and strengthening existing ones. It also seems to reach into our genes the tiny atoms in the DNA inside the nuclei of the neurons, and change the way we function. A regular practice of mindfulness, for example, will increase the activity of genes that have the capacity to soothe a stress reaction in the heat of the moment, ultimately making you more able to deal with stress. experience will alter the physical structure of your brain in some way. The things you do, the people you spend time with, every feeling, thought, and automatic experience will influence the wiring of your brain to make you who you are and to influence who you can become. Brains can change. Let me tell you a true story. A bunch of neuroscientists wanted to explore how brains can change. To do this, they called on London cab drivers and some serious brain imaging. In order to become a London taxi driver, would-be cabbies have to pass the knowledge. This is a test of memory and is one of the most difficult tests in the world to pass. It involves memorizing at least 320 basic routes, 
25,000 streets within those routes and about 20,000 landmarks and places of interest. It usually takes about four years of committed study, and at the end of it, those who've done the work end up with what amounts to a roadmap of London imprinted into their brains. A series of brain scans conducted on a group of drivers after their training revealed that their brains had actually changed to support their learning. Prior to the learning, the part of their brains responsible for spatial memory, the posterior hippocampus, was much the same as everyone else's. Fast forward to the end of the training, and it was found to be significantly larger. The longer a cabbie had been in the job, the bigger that part of their brain. Learning and repeated experience had changed the brain according to the job it was needed for. This is why it's so important to be deliberate about who you're with and what you do. Experiences matter. They matter in the moment and in the way you change the brain beyond the immediate moment. Your brain will build and change whether you like it or not. It's so important to build it in a direction you want to build it. Think of it as a mark on a page. At first, the mark might be so faint as to not even be noticeable. But keep going over that mark, even with the slightest of pressure, and that mark will get more defined and more permanent. Your attention and focus will always be somewhere, maybe many places, which means there are wirings and firings happening all the time, strengthening what's there and creating something new. If you aren't deliberate and conscious in shaping your brain, other people and experiences will do it for you. Experiences, situations, and people, positive or negative, will leave lasting traces on your brain by way of strengthened neural pathways. By being purposeful about your experience and the experiences you repeat or spend longer doing, you can have a direct influence over how your brain strengthens and grows and the pathways that are more likely to endure. But it does take a deliberate and conscious effort. What you focus on will determine the parts of your brain that fire, wire, and strengthen. Then, as those parts of the brain switch on and the neurons start firing, lasting connections will be made, strengthening memories and influencing what the brain will attend to in the future, positive or negative. If you let your mind settle on self-criticism, self-loathing, pain, distress, worry, fear, regret, guilt, these feelings and thoughts will shape your brain. You'll be more vulnerable to worry, depression, anxiety, and be more likely to notice the negatives in the situation. Frame things in a negative way and be barreled off track by what you could have or should have done. On the other hand, if you focus on positive feelings and frame situations with a tilt towards the positive, eventually your brain will take on a shape that reflects this, hardwiring and strengthening connections around resilience, optimism, gratitude, positive emotion, and self-esteem. The power to change your brain. We all have it. Like any habit, noticing the good takes time to become automatic. Notice how quickly you notice the bad and let go of the good. So be deliberate in balancing things up and gradually, this in itself will also change your brain. What you focus on is powerful. 
the brain will build around what it rests upon. Whether we view the world through a lens that is sad or happy, optimistic or hopeless, whether we're open to love or quick to close it down is all directed by our brain. What you pay attention to will shape your brain, which in turn will shape your experiences, your relationships, and your life. What you seek, you shall find. That is so true. It seems like such a simple lesson, but it's far from it. With a promise to only put a toe on the soapbox, I must say, society wants anything but peace. To them, it seems like peace is complacent, head in the sand, uncaring, unpolitical, and un-American. Say what? You might have heard hurt people hurt people. What about peaceful people? Don't they bring more peace? I choose to emulate what I would like to see in the world. For that reason, I will not sweat the small stuff. I will not stress over things I cannot control. I will not feel guilty for guarding my heart and directing my mind to the positive. And I will take time to encourage everyone I encounter. I will look for needs where I can help. And I will take action instead of ruminating over inaction. You are powerful, and your first task is to find your own inner peace so that you can provide yourself necessary protection along your own journey. Ryan Holiday gives us six simple Stoic lessons to feel more peace found on the Daily Stoic YouTube channel. Let's take a listen. Just because something's simple doesn't mean it's easy. In fact, I think all the great ideas in Stoic philosophy are a testament to that in some way. Going back to Epictetus, this core idea, he says, it's not things that upset us, it's our opinion about things. It's simple, but actually applying that wisdom day to day in your life, that's the tricky part. When he says the chief task in life is to separate things into what we control and what we don't control and to focus only on what we control, again, very, very simple doesn't mean it's easy. I'm Ryan Holiday. Not only have I written a number of books about Stoic philosophy, I've spoken about it to the NBA and the NFL, sitting senators and special forces leaders, but I'm also 15 years into that difficult journey, the journey of taking the ideas of Stoicism that are simple and doing the hard work of actually applying them in my life. And that's what we're going to try to do in today's episode. I'm going to give you some straightforward, simple Stoic lessons and then leave it to you to do the hard, the difficult, the day-to-day work of applying it to your actual life. It's impossible to learn that which you think you already know. That's Epictetus describing, I think, what ego does to us. If you think you already know something, you're prevented from learning. If you think you know, you won't ask questions. If you think you know, you can't get corrected. So actually all knowledge, all improvement comes from a place of humility. Socrates is considered wise not because of what he knew, but because of what he knew he didn't know. And the Socratic method is what? It's the asking of questions. So certainty statements are the antithesis of knowledge. Questions, openness, curiosity is the way to wisdom. 
There's a great expression that you become like your friends. Show me who you spend time with, the expression goes, and I'll show you who you are. The Stoics have a slightly different tweak on that. They say you become what you give your attention to. So if you watch nothing but polarizing political news, you are going to become a polarizing politics obsessed if you watch nothing but celebrity gossip, if you spend all your time following influencers on Instagram, you will become like that. But if you immerse yourself in great book, if you look for things that are positive, things that are empowering, that is also what you will become. You become what you pay attention to. You become where you focus. Mark really says, we are dyed by the color of our thoughts. I think we're also dyed by the influences. We are what we eat, what we put in through our eyes and our ears. So what are your influences? What are you taking in that's gonna determine who you are? And most of all, I think it will determine the quality of your life. best revenge is to not be like that, the Stokes would say. And if you think about it, yes, people can hurt you, but when you look at those people, who they are, why they do what they do, it doesn't actually feel like they're getting away with anything. They're their own worst enemy. It sucks to be them. So the Stokes say, you give up on revenge. You, get on, you give up on getting even because you already won. You are already better by not being that person. The best revenge, Mark Schreiber says, is to not be like that. One of Marcus Aurelius' most famous quotes, this idea that the impediment to action advances action, what stands in the way becomes the way. It seems like this inspiring idea that we meet the obstacles of life, we rise to the challenge, we turn them into opportunities. But do you know specifically what kind of obstacles and impediments he's talking about? He's talking about difficult people. He's saying that difficult people are the opportunity to be patient, to be kind, to be generous, to not give up on humanity, to remember the common good, to do good even for someone who is not treating you well. The Stoics realized that we were put here for other people. We have to put up with them, and we also have to do good for and through them. Marcus Aurelius is saying that people will challenge you, they will frustrate you, they will hurt you. That is a fact of life. But it is also a fact that that difficulty and frustration is also an opportunity to be your best self, to be the Stoic you know you can be, and to do good through and with them. At the root of all of my problems, when I look back at my life, anxiety, worry, anger, fear, at the root of all of it was strong emotions that didn't end up making the situation any better. All the things I've been angry about, all the things I've been anxious about, all the things I've been worked up about, did it make one fucking shred of difference? No, it didn't. Marx really says in meditations, the causes of our emotions are often worse than the thing we're worried or emoting about. That anger makes stuff worse, anxiety makes stuff worse. When I look back at my life, I see how these strong, overwhelming passions, as the Stokes call them, the things that get us worked up, they weren't helping me, they weren't even avoiding the things that I wanted to avoid or bringing me the things I wanted them to bring. No, they were just causing me needless distress, needless worry. They were taking me out of the moment and preventing me from, from having peace, from having any stillness and from being who I wanted to be. Commander James Stockdale is shot down over Vietnam and as he's parachuting down into death or capture, he, he actually says to himself, I'm leaving the world of technology, entering the world of Epictetus. The most fascinating part of Stockdale in this prison camp where he spends seven years being tortured near death is he says to himself that 
Although the optimists in the camp got crushed, the people who thought it'd be over soon, the people who thought it'd be easy, the people that thought rescue was right around the corner, he said, I unflinchingly accepted the reality of my situation. But he said, I also knew that if I survived, I was going to behave in such a way and respond to the adversity that I faced in a way that meant this was an event that in retrospect, I would not trade. And Stockdale is an incredible example of how a man in harrowing, horrible conditions turned it into a platform and an opportunity for great heroism and kindness and resilience and strength. share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, take a much-needed time out as you tap into the power within. You have the ability to order your steps direct your mind, and guard your heart. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Someone threw until the path was clear. That's when I found you.